Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God. Welcome to River City. Glad you guys are here. Um, I've realized that this morning I'm doing lots of <sighs> deep breaths. Um, and then when we were in our meeting, Josh um, led us through a couple of breaths again, reminding us that um, every time we breathe, we are reminded that the creator of the universe is as close as our breath, right? Remember um, the story of Genesis that God breathed life into Adam and Eve. Um, and I think every time we breathe, it's a reminder of that. So if you'll stand. Take a deep breath. Ah, we thank you, God, for the breath in our lungs. we can be right here, right now. We have this gift of the present moment. And we release any guilt or shame or regret of the past, worry or fear of the future. We ground our feet into this earth and we are here now. With your eyes closed, I'm going to pray this psalm over you. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the blessing, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing. Life forevermore. I'd like you to open your hands in front of you. Father, we receive your blessing. 
and being together right here, right now, brothers and sisters in the family of God, it is like oil running down. And we imagine that our hands are full with this oil of blessing. And we receive right now all the spiritual and heavy ble heavenly blessings you desire to give us. We receive your life, your love, your peace, your joy, your strength, the ability to go one more step. We receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Just, let's just all close our eyes for just a moment. So this, this morning in our pre-service prayer, somebody mentioned that God had the heart for people to belong today. And I think that's one of my favorite words is belonging. And I think when you see Jesus really, truly for the first time, that's one of the messages he mostly wants to give to you is this place of belonging with him. This place of a searching heart being found. It's not even really about conviction at that point. It's about Oh my goodness, this is, this is better than what I have. And so this morning, I just want to take the posture of belonging. I want to say, my place in this world, Jesus, is first and foremost belonging with you. And so if you're someone who feels like you don't deserve to be with him for whatever reason, listen to the words of those songs. He delights in showing mercy over judgment. prayed this over the life group leaders this morning. I just had this image of Jesus walking over to a whiteboard and completely erasing everything on it. And the whiteboard represented everything that you thought about yourself. And he goes over to the whiteboard and it's all these things and he wipes it off and he gets it completely clear and, and just, just blank. And then he turns around and looks at you and he writes slowly, I love you. And you're a little bit like, yeah, I get that. And then he starts to circle it, almost to the point where it's a little bit annoying. And he looks back at you and he stops and he looks in your eyes and you give him the thought like, yeah, I get it. And he gives you the look like, no, you really don't. And he keeps circling it and circling it and circling it. I love you. I love you. We thank you, God, that you do. Before we love you, you love us. You show us how. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Good morning, guys. I think I just got teed up for this sermon today with all the, um, the theme of the service, with belonging and 
So I'm excited. I feel like this is going to be probably pretty easy to preach. Um, We've been going through Mark, and last week Josh talked about uh, this passage where Jesus heals a blind man, um, but he has this like little middle spot before he gets a full healing where he sees people like trees, and things are like a little blurry for him. And so, in the in that sense, I, I I I think a lot of us kind of have that that blurry vision, you know, oftentimes with the Lord, where we you know, we have this, this great calling, but when we get in the middle of life, it just doesn't really look like we thought it was going to look. It's just full of a lot of disappointment, frustrations, um, and it's just kind of all of life. It's just full of these things, and, you know, in, in, in ministry, I feel like so far, one of the things I've learned more than anything is, is where the Holy Spirit lives, and in the sense that I know that in Romans 8, 9, it says that the Spirit dwells in me. And so I, I have a pretty easy time actually believing that, like the Spirit dwells in me. It's a pretty crazy idea, the Spirit dwelling in a person. But actually what I have a hard time with is understanding the Spirit lives in you at the same time he lives in me. And so I can, I can go, okay, I, I trust God that, that you're speaking to me, but then I have to, what happens when I face these moments where you're discerning the Holy Spirit saying something to you, and he's saying something different to me. It's like, okay, how does that work? And so I actually have to trust the Spirit in you in the same breath that I'm trusting the Spirit within myself. And to recognize that while the Holy Spirit, the whole Holy Spirit lives in me, I also only see in part. It says, in, if you pull up 1 Corinthians 13, this is what it says in 1 Corinthians 13. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. And when I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as also I have been fully known. And so this... It's this idea that, you know, like, the Spirit is working in me, the Spirit is working in you, and what my discernment in the Holy Spirit is just limited. It's just blurry. I can't, like, within myself, I just can't discern perfectly. And maybe I get it right sometimes, but maybe I don't sometimes. And so inviting each other into the story that we have and listening in the discernment process is very, very valuable. And I think that's what I've learned most of all. I think Josh and Sarah do a great job at this church of it's not one person discerning something and telling you. It's us coming together and saying, what is God saying? And oftentimes I'm wrong and you're wrong and we have to discern, okay, this is what we're, we're hearing collectively. And so I think that this just happens in, in this should happen day-to-day life for each of us. Like each of us should be able to be listening for ourselves, but then also list, your, other people are listening for you too. And so if, you're, if, our, if our understanding of the Holy Spirit working in our community is so limited that only we can hear, that's just troublesome because you're going to end up in a, probably a pretty weird spot or you're going to be like, oh yeah, God told me to do this thing or God told me to get married. God told me to go move and do this job. Well, we have to invite others into that because what if we're hearing wrong? We only see in part, we only know in part. So let's listen to each other. That's why we're here. 
And so the passage for today is Ephesians 4, and I think that this passage just says it, says it well. Um, the, you guys can go ahead and open up to Ephesians 4. The idea is that the Spirit lives in you, the Spirit lives in me, and he does it in different ways, but he's, he's calling all of us to the same destination. And that's what's so beautiful. And so, and I, I think that the destination we'll see in this passage is just as simple as Christ-likeness. He's just calling us to be like Jesus. And so I have to invite you into my story and vice versa. So Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6, and then we'll jump back in at verse 11 through 16. I'll read here and you guys can follow along behind. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Being diligent, let's read that again, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Maybe one of the reasons why we're hearing differently is so that we would fight for unity together, and in fighting for unity, we grow. Verse 4, there's one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We'll jump up to verse 11. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. And note these words that he's using, equipping, building up, growing, walking. So he's not just looking at something in the future, but he's looking right now, what does it look like for us? Until, verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, it causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So let's pray. God, your word says in Revelation that the spirit and the bride say come. Not just the spirit, not just the bride, but together we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. All who are thirsty, come. And so, God, as we enter in today, we're thirsty. Many of us are at our end. Some of us are at the beginning. And, God, we need you. And so we invite your presence today to speak and to enlighten us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. So, um, when I was, a, I don't know if you guys ever, as a kid, had like this 
dream of like something that you were going to be when you got older? Um, does anybody have just like a crazy, like, I wanted to be blank? What was yours, James? Yes. You look like you look like the convertible was down when you were driving because your hair is a little. <laughs> who, who else was there? One over here. Beautiful. That's good. That's not a dream for many. That's. I'm glad you're vulnerable enough to share that with us. What was yours? Yes. So mine was, um, I just wanted to, I wanted to be an NBA player. Like, I just believed it. I mean, I remember as a kid, we used to, we lived off Powder Springs Road near East West Connector, and we had this, just in this little podunk neighborhood back there, I used to, I used to play basketball in my driveway, and I was convinced I was going to the NBA. I was in elementary school, and, and I was going to go to Duke first, and then it was full scholarship. It was, I had it all planned out as an elementary school kid. And I used to shoot hoops in my driveway, and I would go, like, really far back in my driveway, and I would wait till a car was, like, about to drive by, and I would see them, and I'd shoot, and I had, I had like, imagined that, like, the coach of the Hawks, like, saw and, and turned around and came back and just said, you're on the team. I could just dream that. Like, who was, who was the coach in the, in the 90s? Uh, Lenny Wilkins, yeah. I, him. I was like, he's coming. Him or Coach K. They're going to be at my house, and they're going to give me a full scholarship just from one shot. It's my one opportunity, right? I'm Eminem. This is it. And I, I dreamed it, and then, you know, life set in, and I'm actually not that great at basketball. Um, and I, I, really, I was really short, and I looked really thin, apparently. And, uh, and so it just didn't, it didn't pan out the way I thought it was going to. I never even made the high school team. I mean, it was, it was bad. And, I mean, I was, I was committed, guys. I was, I was like the kid who every day after school, like even into high school, I went out and shot 50 free throws by myself in the rain. Like, I give it my all. And, I mean, we know something, you know, as adults, like hindsight's twenty twenty. but life is just full of disappointments. <laughs> like, and it starts, it starts when, when you're a kid and you realize. And the scary thing is really when you have those dreams and they actually come true and you become the best at what you do, because then you made it on your own. And the issue with even this story of me as a kid is, in my flesh, it's all about me, right? Like, I'm the center of that story, right? And I think that that's oftentimes the reason things don't pan out the way we think, because we end up being the center of the story that we've painted for our lives, and it just ends up being full of disappointments. And I think even if we're really, really honest with each other, even in becoming Christians, like, disappointments don't end, and, I mean, even, like, I got redeemed when I was late 16, or almost 17 years old, and I was, like, on fire. I was like, God, you're going to do something amazing, and I remember I was a Christian for, like, a week, and somebody in our church passed away, and I was, I've read in the Bible that people got raised from the dead, so I was like, this is a no-brainer, so I just, I'm, like, interceding. I'm praying God's going to raise this person from the dead, and it didn't happen, and I was like, this is like one of the first disappointments as a Christian. I was like, what? All I have to do is believe, right? But I think even in that, like, I was the center of that story. Like, I'm the dude that prayed that that person got raised from the dead, and people are going to look at me and follow me. 
And so life is full of disappointments. And even, even I mean, you look at, look at the calling on all of our lives. I mean, it's perfection. Like, that's what we're all called to as Christians. It's be just like Christ. Be holy as I am holy. And then when you just get into the rigor of it, it just does, we don't look like we think we're supposed to look. And it's, it's just life. And I think that there's this, when Paul talks in here, he says, I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And so I think that even with this in ourselves, we testify about something about ourselves, that the Spirit is testifying something way beyond what we testify. And so I testify things, I testify these lies about myself when the Spirit is testifying, you're a son, right? You're a daughter. Like, you are Christ-like. I have made you perfect. It doesn't matter what you do or have done. You are saved by grace. And I think we just have this really, personally, I, have a, I just have a really weak view of grace sometimes. I just, like God, like mercy triumphing over judgment, right? Like, I, I have a hard time grabbing hold of that. But it does. There is mercy, and it does triumph over judgment. And there's a calling. What I believe is that there's a calling on all of our lives that's way beyond anything that you're able to do. It's just hard, and it's okay that it's hard. Paul makes it really clear in here. He uses these words like, walk in a manner worthy, be diligent, equip the saints, attain to the unity of the faith, build up, grow up, grow up into the body. These are all things he's using at the same time that he's talking about a calling that's way beyond you. And so there's an acknowledgement that life looks a, a lot different when we get down the rigor than, it, than what the calling is on our lives. And so the question becomes, how do we live in this middle place where I hear the Spirit testifying, and I hear it within myself. Like, I know the Spirit is telling, you are a son. And then for some reason, I feel like a failure. Why? Why? And so what we need together is just to grow in the Lord. We need to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we've been called. So the question becomes how. Like, how, how do we do that? And I think the first natural response is, you know, it's just truth. Like, we read this book, and we understand what it says. You are redeemed. And if you just read it enough, it will, you'll be convinced of it. Well, honestly, that's, that's not totally true. Because I can read this over and over and over again, and then yet I feel like a failure at times. Right? Like, and so I, I need something beyond just what this says. And I, I, that's going to really rub some people the wrong way. But I need something beyond. I need the Spirit to testify that it's true. And, I, and, and how do we start this sermon off? Where does the Spirit live? In us, not just in me. The Spirit lives in us. And, and so while I see in part that my calling is sonship, I only know it in part. And I need it to be, I need you to tell me that. And you need someone to tell you that. And you don't need it just once. Like, you need it daily. You need somebody to daily tell you, you are a son. And the thing is, we read in John 1.1 that in the beginning was the word, right? There was truth in the beginning. But then the word actually became flesh. That's what it says. It became incarnated in a person. And it didn't stop being incarnated in a person it continues to be. And so it's not, it's, it's Jesus embodied this word and then he gives it to his church and now we embody this word. And so it's not, you can't read this in isolation. And so 
we do, I think, at this church, it's great. Like, we do these spiritual disciplines, and there's so many tools that we all have in order to grow in our faith. But unless the Spirit is testifying through you to me, I cannot get what I need. It's just not possible. I can do imaginative prayers, Lectio Divina. I can do all of these different spiritual practices that we talk about. But unless the Spirit is testifying to me, it's just, it's just going to, over and over again, I can read it and read it and read it and not believe it in the season and moment that I live. So, um, this week, actually, it, it really came to life. So, in our staff meeting, um, Sarah usually leads us in a, like a spiritual practice. And so, this week, we did um, a self-examination. So, we took five or ten minutes, said, okay, when we looked at six or seven different areas of our life, things like, um, like your body, your soul... Um, your mind and your home, your relationships. And I, I start writing down the things that are like my identity that's attached to each of these things. Okay, I'm a father, I'm a pastor, I'm a husband, I'm a student. And, I, and honestly, I just told ourselves, like, I feel, I honestly just feel like a failure. Like, I just don't feel like I'm doing, I'm not meeting the mark in pretty much any of these things. And, right, like, I know the word, right? Like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not defined by my failures, Right? Right? And you're not defined by your failures either. And I know that, but yet why do I feel like a failure? That, that doesn't match up. Like I know it in my mind, but for some reason my emotions don't, they don't match. And so, you know, it, Sarah just was like, hey, you know, you're not defined by your failures. Like, and I was like, honestly, in me, my type of personality, I'm like, I know, Sarah, like, leave it alone. But I obviously don't know it, right? I don't, I obviously don't understand it. Even though I know it, I don't really know it. And so I need a community of people who will be able to speak into my calling. Say, that's not who you are. You're not defined by those things. There's something beyond you. So there's a calling by which you've been called, and it's okay to be in that middle place. It's okay, but you need the Spirit testifying to you. That's what it says in 1 Thessalonians, um, chapter 2, we'll start in verse 7. We prove to be, this is Paul um, talking on behalf of, the, of, some, of some of the other apostles to the church in uh, Thessalonica. Verse 7, but we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Not only the gospel. That's a little offensive. Not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Because you've become very dear to us. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship, how working night and day so as not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. Your witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave towards you believers. Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So, I mean, if, if any of you are, are, are parents in the room, you you probably connect with Paul a little bit when he, he says, um, having so fond an affection for you, 
that I wanted to give you the gospel, but not only the gospel, but actually my own life. As a parent, I, I definitely connect with that. I, I, I feel an affection for my kids that's, that's just, I can't describe it in words. Um, but it, and it's more than like I just want to tell them the right things to do in life. Like I want to share my life with them. I want to play in the backyard and I want to do the stuff. Just, I just want to be there. Not, not because I'm like called to it, but because I just love it. Like it's part, I have an affection for them. And so I, I just wondered, like, what if we had such an affection for each other that we just wanted to share life with each other? It doesn't feel like something like, oh, it's prescribed in the Bible, so I have to do it. But I just love you. I just want to be with you. I want to be in your life. And I want you to be in mine. Like, I just, I'm, my prayer is that there would just be such love that would abound in each of us for one another. Like, we just, I just want to love you and share my life with you. And even, I think, have you, I don't know if you've ever seen these videos, I believe it's like dad reflexes. You ever seen these videos where, where dads, like their, their kids are like on the swing and then like they're about to fall and like the dads are ready like before they ever hit, like even start to fall. And uh, it's amazing. And I, I did, I, I never really understood it until, until being a parent. I, I realized that there's certain things like my kid doesn't even know it's about to do something and I know it's about to happen. And I'm like, oh, that glass of milk about to fall off the table. You know, and you're like, Stop. And if you've ever been in, like, a, even a small group setting where it's, like, there's little kids running around, and it's, like, some people who, like, aren't aware that, and it's, you're, you're, and some people are, like, very aware, and you're, like, oh, that's about to happen. Three, two, and then you're, like, go. And I wondered, like, what if we had such an affection for one another that we had this, like, awareness for one another of when you were about to slip up, like, before you even really knew you were about to slip up. Like, I know you're about to do that thing, that sends you into that spiral, but I'm aware. Like, I have that type of affection for you before you ever get into that place. So, let me, I, I want to close with just a few questions for you um, as ministry teams kind of get ready and worship. Um, first off, the, where's, where does the Spirit live? Like, where is He housed? And it's not, it's in you, but it's also in us. In 1 Peter 2, it says that we are like living stones. We've made a temple for God to live in. And so he doesn't live in isolation in you. He lives in community with us. And he's only understood through us. So the Spirit is calling us son, daughter. And we grow into this calling, not in isolation through the word, but in community together through the word. And the only way to grow is together. And so, a couple questions for you. Number one, have you, have you never heard the Spirit calling? Like, have you never heard that, this, that, that you're not the center of your story, that there is someone? Because when you're the center of your own story, you will fail. I promise you, you will fail. But if you're not the center of your story, you can't fail. Jesus doesn't fail. And there is grace for you. And it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, how you did it. It just matters where you are right now. And what Scripture says is that we are saved by grace through faith. It's not a work that any of us have done in ourselves, but it is by grace. And so grace is sufficient. It can overcome anything that you've done. And so and the only response it takes from you is an act of faith, an act of turning around and looking at him. So today, if you haven't, 
ever turned around and looked at him, I would implore you. And some of these, some of these prayer teams would love to just share with you even their own faith experiences of how they receive grace. So come and receive prayer. Second question, have you, have you heard the calling, but just, you sh- maybe you just struggle to believe it? And I'll tell you today, if you're here, you've been, if, if you've received the grace of Jesus through faith, then you are a son, you are a daughter, and nothing can change that. It does not matter. Nothing can change how he feels about you. And it doesn't change your position. If you mess up tomorrow, it doesn't change your position before him. And I know, like I'm saying this, you, you're like, oh yeah, I know that. Do you really know it? Do you really believe that it doesn't matter what you have done or are doing right now, but if in the moment, if you will turn to him, then his grace is sufficient for you. So are you struggling, to, are you hearing the calling, but you're just struggling to believe it? And three, are, are you in community? Because if we're in community, the Spirit will testify together. The Spirit will testify together. And so if you're not, I would just, I would encourage you to get in community. And if you are already in community, then today, begin the process of testifying to other people. Because if you struggle, I guarantee you others are. And so not only do you need them, but they need you to tell them. So when they're, when they're in the muck and the mire of life, would you look in their eyes and say, you're a son, you're a daughter, it doesn't matter that you did that. It, it, he is for you, not against you. That's the challenge we have in the invitation of being in community together in Christ. Let me pray. Father God, there is hope in you. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And maybe in your own way right now, if you would just say, come, Lord Jesus, come. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Come, Lord Jesus. We are thirsty. We are hungry. We desire and long to be in relationship with you, with each other. And so, God, whatever the hindrances are, whatever the I know that there's fear in the room. Even as I'm speaking, there's, there's people that have fears that spring up about past experiences or, or fears that you have about what people will think about you. But God is for you, and there is hope and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. If you would share, if you would be honest and vulnerable with another, you would find freedom. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so, God, as we gather together today, may you have the glory and the dominion, for you are over all, through all, and in all. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. just want to say thank you to Jordan. I thought it was a beautiful message. I thought it was really encouraging, and I was inspired, so thank you. Um, I want to say to you guys... May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Father, I pray as we go, you would go before us and that you would be with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you again for joining us today and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.